Brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 150 of the CRW Podcast here. Our Kansas State Review and Reactions episode here. Following the West Virginia Mountaineers, unfortunately falling to the Kansas State Wildcats, 48-31 on the 11th game of the 2022 WVU football season. Final home game. Last time we'll see the Mountaineers at Morgantown play on Mountaineer Field until 2023. Unfortunately, the loss drops WVU to 4-7 and seven overall on the 2022 season, meaning that they will miss a bowl game, and they are currently 2-6 and six in Big 12 Conference play as well. Before we get too much further into this, wanted to give you guys a reminder, if you would, do us a favor. If you're listening to this on the audio side, we're really appreciative of you. No matter what podcast platform you choose, you can find us on any one of them there. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating. That really helps. If you're on any other platform, be sure and share the episode around. But if you're here watching the video version on YouTube, whether it be on our channel or on the WV Sports Now channel, as you can find our show over on their a website as well at wvsportsnow.com somewhere you should go for plenty of great mountaineer sports content but if you're tuned into the video version of this episode on our youtube or on theirs do us a favor hit the like button real quick that'll really help this video's performance and help future videos performances as well and if you haven't already hit the subscribe button helps us helps you helps get more of this mountaineer sports content out to mountaineer nation now that I got that out of the way, let's dive in here on each side of the ball and talk about this game in which West Virginia fell to Kansas State 48-31 to in the penultimate game of the 2022 Mountaineer football season. All right, so overall we will get into the offense and the defense and special teams here as we like to do in these review episodes. But I wanted to give a rundown of the stats here a little bit. As I said, of course, final score, Kansas State 48-31 to to drop West Virginia to 4-7 and seven on the season, 2-6 and six in Big 12 Conference play thus far. Looking at some of the numbers uh, team stats-wise, total yards, Kansas State outgained the Mountaineers 437 to 369, so pretty close there as far as total yardage battle goes. Passing yards, of course, uh, Kansas State with the advantage kind of as expected here. If you watched our preview show, 294 yards for Kansas State with Will Howard at quarterback and then 216 yards for West Virginia with Garrett Green at quarterback. Rushing yards, I think here was the surprise of the game, really. West Virginia outgaining Kansas State on the ground, and I think if you would have said that going into the game, that that would be the result that you would 
have thought that maybe the ending result on the scoreboard would be better for West Virginia. But nonetheless, the Mountaineers were able to outgain Kansas State 153-143. to They held Deuce Vaughn in check on the ground uh, for the most part, but um, some other aspects of the Kansas State offense really hurt them. You know, tight ends, Malik Knowles, uh, another running back there, Giddens. But they did a good job of holding Deuce Vaughn in check, and West Virginia employed kind of a multitude of different guys running the football to get to that 153-yard total. And I thought West Virginia did a good job running the football better than most teams have against Kansas State this season. But if you watched our preview show here on the Country Roads webcast, you know my key to victory was winning the turnover battle. And as we see here in a final team stat, I wanted to pull up West Virginia unable to do that, unfortunately, as they turned the ball over twice to Kansas State's one turnover um, early on. Both West Virginia turnovers, of course, being interceptions. Unfortunately, Garrett Green's first pass he threw in this game was, you know, an, an interception return for a Kansas State touchdown. West Virginia was kind of able, able to answer that when they got their one turnover of the day as Malachi Ruffin intercepted Will Howard and ran it back for a touchdown for the Mountaineers. And then Garrett Green with another interception coming in the second half. So, although I liked what I saw from Garrett Green overall, for the most part, got to limit the mistakes. But, you know, when you're making your first career start, you're going to see those mistakes happen. And unfortunately, they were costly for West Virginia in a game when, which they really needed to protect the ball in order to have a chance to win as they end up turning it over twice. So that's kind of a rundown of the team stats uh, there, and just kind of my overall opening thoughts in regards to that. Let's break it down on each side of the ball now. Let's start with the WVU football offense. <laughs> All right, so in regards to the WVU offense, I'll run down the numbers here individually. I mentioned Garrett Green and his performance, 15 of 27, 204 yards, three touchdowns, and then, of course, the two interceptions. And then Sam James, who had a heck of a day. Shout out to Sam James. More on him in a minute, but one of one passing for 12 yards on a nice little trickeration play. West Virginia ran, handoff to Jeremiah Aaron, pitched it back to Sam James, who then threw it to Garrett Green up the sideline. Well-designed play, and uh, Sam James got himself a 12-yard passing completion to go along with an amazing day he had receiving the football his best day receiving the football since you know that breakout game in 2019 when he went for over 200 yards on Texas Tech but uh, rushing wise as I said West Virginia employed kind of a multitude of guys to get to their 153 yards rushing on the game we knew uh, Garrett Green would be a weapon for the Mountaineers in the run game but you know overall with sacks and stuff taking down some of his rushing totals he only finished up with 12 carries for 17 yards but his one touchdown was a 13 yard you know or he did have the one touchdown scamper, and his longest run was a 13-yarder, I guess I should say. Justin Johnson looked really good at times. I think he's, you know, still not 100%. 11 carries, 63 yards. And, you know, you can say the same for Tony Mathis. I know a lot of people have mentioned that the in elbow injury that he suffered would have probably kept most people out for the uh, remainder of the season. But he uh, has decided to come back, And but he's definitely not, you know, looking like himself. Only four carries, four yards in this game. And I don't know if we'll see him uh, play again in this final game against Oklahoma State. I think at this point, you know, I'm sure he wants to go. He's that type of player that's hungry and, and, and willing to battle through it. But, you know, at this point, one game left, you're not fighting for bowl contention anymore. If it's, you know, questionable, I say sit him out, especially with what we saw from Justin Johnson. And how about Jalen Anderson, the redshirt freshman? You know, we've seen him finally in the latter portion of the season be forced into action after the injuries to, you know, C.J. Donaldson, Tony Mathis, and Justin Johnson, respectively. But Jalen Anderson, I thought, really had his best performance in this game, had a 23-yard run on an outside zone to the left where he hit the sideline and nearly broke it for a touchdown. And he actually finished the day as the Mountaineers' leading rusher. And I would have honestly liked to see him get a few more carries, but he finished up with seven carries, 69 yards, nearly 10 yards a carry there, as you see. And then, of course, switching over, talking about the Mountaineer passing game, mentioned Sam James a little bit, and he was the West Virginia Mountaineers' receiving leader. How about this stat line? Three receptions. 
102 yards and three touchdowns. Each one of his receptions being a long touchdown. Well, I guess the third one was long, but it was a five-yard touchdown, I believe. I thought it was a 22-yarder, 25-yarder, then a 71-yarder, and then the five-yard touchdown uh, reception that he had there when the Mountaineers were near the goal line. But the most impressive to me, the 71-yarder, just because uh, play-action fake from Green, Sam James on a go route, and Green you know, hits him in stride behind two defenders for the long touchdown. And that's just something we haven't seen this season you know, hardly at all. The last time I can remember seeing that is Sam James against Kansas, I think, you know, on, or maybe the West Virginia's first drive of that game, they hit a deep ball touchdown pass like that when him and Daniels hooked up. But they've been few and far between this year. I believe it's less than five 50-yard passing plays for the Mountaineers on the season now, if I'm not mistaken. But just seeing that 71-yarder, it was you know super exciting to see just because not only have we not seen that this season, but throughout the Neil Brown era, you know, I've talked about that in the past, just haven't really seen a lot of those exciting, you know, brand of football that we've, you know, become accustomed to in Morgantown, which, you know, has been coined touchdown city in the past for reasons. We've always had explosive offenses and that's kind of gone away in recent years, if I'm being honest, but it was exciting to see it return for at least a half of this football game against Kansas state as that first quarter was insane. And Sam James, you know, played a big part in that and West Virginia's success in that, in that half, three catches, 102 yards, three touchdowns, awesome stat line. And shout out to Sam James, who's quietly, you know, had a very solid West Virginia football career. And if that was his last game in Morgantown, he certainly went out on a high, on a high note as he deserves to, um, having stuck it out, you know, throughout his tenure here. But that's the one good thing I will say about, you know, the offensive performance in this game, I guess, particularly in the first half, is that they, you know, did keep up with the pace that Kansas State was showing, which we'll talk a little bit more about on the defensive side. West Virginia giving up, you know, 41 points in the first half against Kansas State in this game. But the offense, I thought, did their part to kind of keep up there and hold pace, keep stay within striking distance the entire entire way there until late in the second half. Um, but with that, I thought that first quarter where Kansas State and West Virginia was going back and forth, was that not some of the most exciting like brand of football, though, we've seen, despite the fact of how bad West Virginia is? I was, you know, I was enjoying that first quarter, and that's something I haven't been able to say a lot watching this team this year, and I'm sure a lot of you all throughout Mountaineer Nation can agree you know, you haven't had that excitement level. Most of the time I've just been sitting there on the couch, not even jumping up. And I'm typically the type of guy that doesn't sit down during the game. I stand up on my feet, pace back and forth the whole time. And this season that hasn't been there. And a lot of times, if I'm being honest, these last four years that hasn't been there. But it was there on Saturday, at least for that first quarter in that first half. So I definitely wanted to mention that and how fun that was to watch as a Mountaineer fan. And I think that we all deserve some excitement at least there. And, and that was fun seeing some explosive offense there to um, lead to that. But overall... The thing that the offense, of course, you know, I wanted to preface it with a positive, but the negative remains the same negative that we've seen, you know, throughout this season, throughout the past few years. And we're just committing too many penalties and just not executing, you know, when we need to execute on, you know, like conversion down, just important plays in the game. We seem to, you know, not be able to execute there. Um Look, last week when West Virginia played Oklahoma, you know, one of the main reasons I said they had success in that game was they held Oklahoma to, you know, one of 11 on third downs, I believe it was, and the Mountaineers were able to convert on most of theirs. And then you look here against Kansas State, and you don't have any consistency there. That's kind of, That's been the issue, you know, all along is having that consistency of being able to do that again. And West Virginia struggled to convert on third downs. A lot of times they were behind the chains, um, and they were third and long, so you're going to struggle to convert in those situations. As they finished up, two of ten on third downs in this game offensively, and you can't have that if you want to be successful. So I think for me the big negatives was West Virginia just – 
unable, you know, to win the turnover battle, which I thought was my major key going in if you watched our preview show. And then just penalties. You know, West Virginia ended up with eight penalties in this game. A lot of those super costly on offense, on drives where you had the ball moving. And it's typically the same stuff that we've seen, you know, throughout the season. It's delay of games when we shouldn't be getting delay of games. Like we score a touchdown and we can't even kick the extra point before we get a delay of game. That ends up, you know, not working out. We'll talk about that when we talk about defense and special teams. But then, you know, even short yard situations, we get those false start penalties, uh, as we always have, you know, th- this season and before that as well. And that's just a big frustrating issue to me that reared its head again and I thought was very costly for West Virginia in this game. And I just wanted to kind of wrap up my offensive thoughts with that. I would just love to see us be more mentally disciplined on offense. I feel like we're undisciplined uh, with these false start penalties. We always seem to, to rack up, you know, you can put it on the players every now and then, but when it's been happening for an entire season and throughout four years, it's hard to only put it on the players solely when you're undisciplined and, you know, the most penalized team in your conference goes to show that. And that's no different here for West Virginia in this game ultimately. But I thought the offense was exciting and and fun to watch, but too many mistakes that ultimately cost him in the end. And that's kind of my thoughts on the West Virginia offense in this game. Let's flip it over. Let's talk about the Mountaineer defense and their special teams performance in this game against Kansas State. All right, just looking at some of the individual numbers defensively for West Virginia before I kind of give my overall thoughts on what was, as I'm sure we can all agree, a pretty lackluster performance defensively from a Mountaineer defense that I think we were kind of expecting more out of just due to the fact that they kind of appeared to improve a little bit the past two games upon the struggles that we'd seen earlier. But then this game, it seemed to be more of those same struggles, particularly in the secondary. But individually, Lee Koba and Jasir Cox both share the lead in tackles with 13 total tackles. So that's the second straight weeks. Jasir Cox has been the leading tackler for the Mountaineers in this game. And I thought he looked really good yet again. Also added a tackle and a half for a loss. Uh, which he shared with Marcus Floyd, who also ended up with 10 tackles. Aubrey Burks with eight tackles and a pass deflection. Eggs reload with two tackles for loss. Jordan Jefferson with an awesome performance in this game as well. Two and a half tackles for a loss and a sack. His other his half sack being shared with Lance Dixon. And then you get Malachi Ruffin with the interception, which he returned for a touchdown. And shout out to him for that. We've mentioned him, you know, I think in recent weeks here on the show, just because the fact that he's kind of a walk-on that's been called upon to play extensively at the cornerback position more than he and the Mountaineer staff, I'm sure, expected him to do so. Really struggled early on, has been picked on at times. But, you know, in the past couple of weeks, he's made some plays. He had an interception a few weeks ago, I believe, against uh, Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. And then here he comes this week. West Virginia down 14-0, need to make a play, and he gets the pick six uh, to run it back. I mean, excuse me, down 14-7, and he got the pick six, which we thought would tie the game up. And, of course, the score ended up ultimately being 14-13. to Give more my thoughts on special teams here in a second. But just overall, defensively for the Mountaineers, it's kind of the same thing that we've seen. West Virginia can try and scheme it up however they want to, but they did a good job of scheming it up in order to shut down Deuce Vaughn, but Kansas State just had more weapons than what West Virginia was able to cover because they cover Deuce Vaughn, and then they go to Malik Knowles, and then we're like, okay, we need to stop Malik Knowles, and then one of their tight ends would get open downfield. The tight end Senate, I believe, had you know over 80 receiving yards. No, he had a touchdown catch, and their other tight end had you know 20 to 40 yards receiving as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that's the thing that really hurt West Virginia in this game was Will Howard's arm, and that's one thing I said going into this game. I know the last time West Virginia saw Will Howard, he was a true freshman, but that player, you know, I tried to warn Mountaineer Nation that that player that West Virginia saw back then was a shell of the player that we see today with Will Howard because that Will Howard hadn't played a lot through three interceptions, 
lost that game. This Will Howard comes in, throws two touchdowns on nearly 300 yards on 19 of 27 and looked really good doing so as well. And I think when you look at that, that also goes to show you the difference of these programs throughout these four years. Chris Kleiman and Neil Brown were both hired at the same time. Honestly, Kansas State's last two candidates were Chris Kleiman and Neil Brown. They decided on Chris Kleiman. I'm sure they're probably thankful for that right about now, but I digress on that. They were hired in the same year. That year back in uh, 2020, I believe that was a year after they were hired. I believe that was during the COVID season when Will Howard came into Morgantown. That was a ranked Kansas State team coming into Morgantown with Will Howard at quarterback. And West Virginia won that game 37-10, to 10, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So we're all riding high thinking we've made a great decision, you know, or still early in these coaches' tenures. Flash forward two years later where they've had time, you know, to build the program and to get things in and everything and, you know, as, as you do, right? And so here we are, same situation. They're coming into Morgantown, a ranked Kansas State team, quarterbacked by Will Howard, but we got the exact opposite result, you know, 48-31 to 31 Kansas State win. And beyond that even, not only is the result opposite in this game, but look at the results of the coaches during, you know, here we are four years in. They were hired at the same time. Chris Kleiman, Kansas State's one win away essentially from playing for a Big 12 title game, something West Virginia hasn't done, whereas West Virginia just secured their third losing season during those four years, and they will miss a bowl game for the second time in four seasons. Prior to Neil Brown taking over at West Virginia in 2019, West Virginia had missed a bowl game two times in the last 20 years, I believe it was the record, or two times in the last uh, 19 years prior to 2019, and now two times in Neil Brown's four years, they will miss a bowl game as well. So it just kind of shows the opposite trajectory of these two programs right now and why West Virginia is looking for a new athletic director and many believe we'll be looking for a new head coaching new head coach and new coaching staff rather as well following the conclusion of next week's game possibly so that's just kind of my thoughts there on that I just I know kind of got off on a tangent right there but it just popped into my head when we were talking about a ranked Kansas State team led by Will Howard and we had the exact same thing back in 2020 and just how much the tables have turned and how much of a different trajectory the two programs are on right now. But just continuing my thoughts with the Mountaineer defense, I thought, you know, second half better, but you only give up seven points in the second half. But it doesn't really matter when you come out that way with a slow start. And I don't, I'm not try, trying to say Neil Brown was making excuses, but in his post game, he was talking about it's really hard to adjust after senior day and things like that. And yeah, I will, I would agree with that. I'm sure it probably is. But the one thing I will say against that is it's not been a, one game thing like it's not just a senior day thing that led to West Virginia getting off to a slow start in this game it's been something that's happened you know throughout the season West Virginia starts slow in games and luckily they maybe sometimes they'll have a good second half and make it respectable and have a puncher's chance at the end in some of these games other ones they haven't and they've been blown out this one was kind of a mixture of the two they were always kind of in it but it still felt like they weren't but anyway that you look at it the defense got off to a slow start Kansas State jumps out real quick 14-0 in a hurry. One of those, you know, not the defense's fault, obviously, as it was a pick six. But then from there on, just Kansas State did whatever they wanted in that first half. 41 points given up by the West Virginia defense, and you just can't have that. So I guess if you look at the flip side of the coin, the second half a little bit more positive and kind of more like what we saw from this defense the past couple games. But I don't know what happened in that first half. And it got West Virginia into a hole they were never able to really climb out of uh, defensively there. And then Special teams, I think this is what the area that really not only surprised me the most, but obviously it's the area that hurt West Virginia the most in this game. And the reason that it surprised me the most is because 
for the most part, you save for a few exceptions here and there. Special teams has really been a positive for West Virginia throughout this season here in 2022, and I kind of expected that to maybe play a part in this game. But instead, everything goes awry. Anything that could go wrong there on special teams seemed to do so. I mentioned West Virginia got the pick six from Malachi Ruffin. Looked like they were going to tie the game up at 14 all. Instead, the extra point is uh, instead. Excuse me. There's a delay of game. They have to push the extra point back. Then the snap is kind of mishandled. The extra point's no good. Casey Legg would go on to miss another extra point as well as a 44-yard field goal. So Casey Legg, who you know, hate to see him have such a bad day, but man, that was rough just because. The fact that he came into the day perfect on extra points, had missed one all season, perfect on field goals, had missed one all season, misses one of each in the game and actually two extra points, really struggled today. And I think that, you know, I don't want to solely not put it on Casey Legg because he is the one that ultimately has to, you know, hit the kicks no matter what. But we do need to look at the fact that ever since Grayson Malashevich hasn't been there holding for those place kicks, it seems like something's a little bit off there. And I'm not trying to knock Colton McGee, the new holder, but when you haven't done it all season, you're trying to break somebody in in a hurry. Maybe they just haven't had the reps that they need, and it's a little bit off. The snaps were low, it seemed like, in this game against Kansas State as well. So I think the whole process right there is off, and they're going to have to try and get that straightened out here against Oklahoma State. If they're, you know, because I'm sure there's going to be field goal attempts. There's certainly, hopefully, going to be extra point attempts as well. And Mountaineers, you know, elected to go for two later in the game, not only because they needed to, but if they had needed to, they may have done so anyway with how bad Casey Legg, you know, and the kicking team was struggling in this game. So special teams ultimately really hurt West Virginia. Also, kick coverage was an issue. Kansas State had really good starting uh, field position for most of the game near the 30 or 40-yard line, and that was credit to Malik Knowles as well, who had a great game for Kansas State. So that's just kind of my thoughts here on each side of the ball, offense, defense, special teams. Ultimately, as I said, I'll show you guys here one more time, Kansas State, with the final score of 48-31, to 31, defeats West Virginia in the penultimate game of the 2022 West Virginia football season, which unfortunately knocks the Mountaineers out of bowl contention as they will fall to 4-7 and seven on this season and 2-6 and six in Big 12 Conference play with one more game remaining. Uh, that being said, I want to give you guys some final thoughts as I kind of touch on some news updates that came out just prior to the game, uh, some interesting thing that has become a talking point throughout Mountaineer Nation, and so I wanted to touch on that really quickly before we get out here on Season 5, Episode 150 of the CRW Podcast. <laughs> All right, so we'll get ready to close this one out here. Just a few short minutes. Really appreciative of you guys for tuning in here to Season 5, Episode 150 of the CRW Podcast, our Kansas State Review and Reactions Edition. I'm here as we break down the Mountaineers' unfortunate loss in the 11th game of the season. And There was some news that came out in regards to transfers, I think, that was unexpected due to the timing. And because of the timing, it's become really a big talking point throughout the Mountaineer Nation, I believe. And I wanted to touch on that briefly here. I've got a thing i'm going to pull up here a little graphic for you guys on the video side but before i do that just want to take one more time remind you guys that are watching on the video side give us a like give it the thumbs up here if you're watching on youtube before you head out and subscribe to us if you haven't already helps us helps you helps get more of this mountaineer sports content out to mountaineer nation and if you listen on the audio side which you can find on any podcast platform you like if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. That really helps us. And if you're on any other podcast platform, just continue to share us around. We know if you're a big Mountaineer fan, you know other big Mountaineer fans that will probably enjoy more Mountaineer sports content. And the Country Roads webcast is happy to provide some more of that Mountaineer sports content. So having said that, of course, 
I'm sure most of you already know, but the big news that came out prior to this game, we got a video update out on our channel here over on the YouTube side. If you listen to the podcast episode here, hop over to our YouTube. Sometimes you'll get extra news updates in short form there. And this was certainly one of those that I put out, you know, following the game. Charles Woods announcing just prior to kickoff, almost lining up with, you know, the kickoff time for West Virginia that he would be, you know, transferring soon. The transfer portal is actually not currently open. Technically, it doesn't open until I think second week of December, first week of December. Uh, maybe it's December 5th is the date I've got in my head, if that's correct. I'm not 100% sure, as they're utilizing those windows now. And the NCAA passed that law recently. But players can go ahead and set their intent and then enter once it opens. And West Virginia's had a few of those do so right now. Let me pull this graphic up for you guys on the video side. I'm going to continue to update this throughout the offseason as it progresses with transfers out and you know transfers in as well but so far these are the three transfers out West Virginia has had to this point in the offseason or that have announced that have announced anyway as I said they can't actually enter the transfer portal until December but we have seen these announcements and I'm sure there will be more announcements with kind of the state of the West Virginia program moving forward and then of course as the offseason progresses and a new athletic director comes in and whatever else happens with the staff, West Virginia will be bringing some players in as well, and they will be tracked here. But as you see, DB Mumu bin Wahad has left the Mountaineers or is going to be leaving the Mountaineers, rather, I guess I should say. True freshman defensive back that had a lot of potential. And then, of course, top in-state recruits that the Mountaineers brought in, a tight end in Corbin Page, also leaving the Mountaineers. And he's kind of been out of the fold for a while now, if you've been paying attention behind the scenes. I know, you know, Sean Reagan, you know, post as sometimes they'll have the players over to their position coaches' perspective houses for dinner. Sean Reagan posted a, a video, I'm not a video, a picture a couple weeks back with some of the tight ends and Corbett Page was not in the picture. So um, that's, you know, kind of I've been interested to see where that's headed. I'm sure there's going to be more. There's been other players that have kind of been out of the fold now. If you've been reading in between the lines uh, behind the scenes, they were kind of supposed to be in the fold this season that haven't been. You've even heard rumblings of some potential players that West Virginia would certainly hate to lose, maybe leaving. At this point, those are just rumors. I don't want to address those yet until those become fact. But as you know, news updates happen, we will always have updates those for those here on the Country Roads webcast. So be sure and uh, always check us out over here. But other than that, of course, the main one that I wanted to touch here on here was Charles Woods because I think we were all were kind of not expecting that. He apparently already has a commitment in mind. It was announcement said commitment coming soon. So once the portal opens, it probably won't take too long to hear exactly where Charles Woods is going to end up in the 2023 season. So that was a very interesting announcement, especially with the timing of it and when it came, you know, right around kickoff. And that's why some people I think were very upset with the fact that he released it, you know, basically during the other players that were going through, you know, senior days announcements there prior to the start of the game. And so that's been a questionable decision throughout Mountaineer Nation for his timing of it. But you know, wish you the best, Charles Woods, with your decision moving forward and anyone else who chooses to leave. I know the program is in a bit of disarray right now, so you can't be too upset at these young men for wanting to not necessarily find greener pastures, but find maybe find something more stable right now. As we got to be honest, West Virginia athletic program right now is in a state of flux. Who knows what's going to happen, who they're going to bring in athletic director, and what may happen, especially as far as these football players are concerned with his football coaching staff uh, moving forward. But that's just kind of my final thoughts. I wanted to touch on that a little bit before we get out here, but I really appreciate you guys tuning in here to Season 5, Episode 150 of the CRW Podcast, our Kansas State Review and Reactions Edition. And the Mountaineers still have one more game left to play on the 2022 season. 
course, there will be no bowl games, so that does mean that we will only have one more game preview episode in Season 5, and that will be for the Oklahoma State game. You can catch that release in here midweek. For you guys on the audio side, you'll be able to find it on any podcast platform. And for you guys tuning in to the video version, of course, you'll be able to find it here on our YouTube and over at the WV Sports Now YouTube and find a lot of great Mountaineer Sports content from them on the web at WVSportsNow.com. So plenty of Mountaineer Sports content coming up on the docket, and you can always find it from us here at the Country Roads webcast. Appreciative of you guys for tuning in to this episode. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...